0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 454 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And that song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today... Very, very special treat for you guys. We got a crossover edition with Ann Kimmel and Nick Morgan of Locked on Nashville Predators. Uh, just talking a little bit about tonight's game between the Rangers and the Preds. Talking a little bit about the recent retirement of a couple of basically franchise icons. A couple of uh, just stellar goalies for, for many, many years for the Rangers and Predators, respectively, in Henrik Lundqvist and in Rinne, And offering a couple of predictions for tonight's game and just talking some general hockey stuff as well. I had a lot of fun talking with with Ann and Nick. And so here you go. Our conversation with Ann Kimmel and Nick Morgan of Locked on Predators. Enjoy.
1: Predators take on the Rangers tonight at Bridgestone Arena. And we have to get some insight on the New York Rangers. That's why we have the Locked on Rangers host John Chick joining us. John, what's up, man?
0: Uh, not too much, Nick. Happy to be here. Happy to uh, be playing a team outside of the Metro Division this season. And uh, yeah, you know, Rangers have won two in a row. So Feeling pretty good heading into tonight's tilt.
1: I think that's been like the biggest part for us, too, is just not having to play either a combination of the Panthers, Lightning, Hurricane, Stars, and everybody else who was kind of crammed into that one division last year. It's been good to kind of see uh, resume rivalries against some other good teams.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think for just one season, this is something that I've been talking about on my podcast every here and there, but, um, you know, for just one season, it was kind of cool only playing division opponents. But after a while, you get tired of seeing, you know, from my point of view, the Islanders and then the Flyers and the Islanders again, and then the Penguins for two games and the Devils for four games. It's, you know, it is nice to just play a couple of random teams. I don't think there's really a ton of history between the Rangers and Predators, but who knows, you know, maybe we uh, start that history tonight, maybe something crazy happens and uh, we have a, a heck of a game here between these two teams. Uh, if, it, if it's crazy
1: enough to start a rivalry, uh, to think we have uh, more stuff to talk about than just the game. Uh, but for our fans who may not follow the Rangers closely, um uh, give us the skinny, tell us a little bit about what we need to know about the team, key players
0: and all that. Yeah. So right now, I mean, it's basically been the Igor Shosturkin show for the New York Rangers and for anybody who might be a little bit unfamiliar with him, you know, Rangers and Predators don't really cross paths all that often, but Igor Shosturkin, uh, made his debut two seasons ago, played a handful of games then, uh, got a bigger chunk of, you know, the action this past season. The Rangers have been really, really high on him ever since they drafted him a few years ago, or actually more than a few. I think it was all the way back in like 2014 or so. But they've always kind of looked at him as the goalie of the future, and he has been absolutely sensational, uh, throughout the start to this season. He did not play on opening night, which was surprising. But then, you know, he plays the next three games and absolutely just stood on his head in this most recent game against Toronto, a 2-1 win for the Rangers. He stopped 40 of 41 shots. was absolutely fantastic. And, you know... The Raiders might very well be without a win right now because they're dealing with some injuries. Capo Katko out of the lineup. Ryan Strom has been out of the lineup. And they just don't have the same firepower right now that they had uh, toward the end of last season. They have gotten a little bit tougher, you know, through some offseason moves that they've made, bringing in Ryan Reeves, trading for Sammy Blay, Patrick Nemeth, you know, a steady veteran defenseman as well. But, um, yeah, you know, that, that's pretty much the long and short of it. Right now, it's almost kind of the reverse of what it was last year. Last year, they had some firepower, but not as much grit as season. It's kind of the opposite, at least in the early goings here. And, of course, Igor Shosturkin, just the total X factor for the Rangers, uh, really leading them to, to some wins and, uh, you know, kind of carrying the team on his back while they're dealing with some injuries. And Ann and Nick, I'll ask you guys the same question. I mean, what's up with the Predators so far? I know they got their uh, first win against the Kings last night. All three of their games have been one goal deficits or one goal wins. So, yeah, I mean, how are you feeling about this team? What have what have they been doing so far?
2: Uh, it's been an interesting three games. It's it's felt a little bit like dog years, I think, in Nashville for some of uh, for some of the fans and for the team. We are working on kind of establishing where the team is. We went into the season um, with general manager David Poyle kind of talking about a competitive. RETOOLING, AND LANGUAGE MATTERS, AND SO I THINK THAT the Predators fans have been trying to figure out exactly what to expect from this team. So we got, uh, we sent off some of the team's bigger names. Victor Arvidsson, who we played last night, went to the LA Kings. Ryan Ellis went to the Philadelphia Flyers. And so that left some spots open for some of the younger players in the development process to come in. And one of the players that Predators fans expected to see pretty often in the lineup was Philip. Thomasino, who had a fantastic um, training camp and uh, played some in the first game, but has been out of the lineup. So right now, kind of the story in Nashville is who is going to be in the lineup. Of course, we have the top line of Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson. So we do still have some of those bigger name players that are having a great start to the season as well. But how the lines are sifting out has been a real hot topic of discussion here in Nashville. We have uh, UC Saros is the starter in goal. He was the starter in goal uh, for most of last season, but this is the first season that Nashville Predators will not have Pecorine available. So we're also kind of watching UC Saros and how his start to the year is going. He has tended to be a little bit of a slower start, um, but so far this year in the three games that we've played, he has been solid in net and I think his performance from here on through the season is going to really determine how the season goes how you see goes may very well be how the Nashville Predators go
0: yeah it's interesting and I actually wanted to uh, we can skip ahead a little bit here I had a question written down for both of you that I wanted to ask you about but obviously both of our teams the Rangers and the Predators they have to say goodbye to basically a franchise icon goalie on both sides you know Henrik <laughs> Lundqvist he signs mm. that one-year deal with the Caps, doesn't end up playing for them, but then now he retires, and of course Pekarene retires for the Predators. Unfortunately, you know they both made it to the Stanley Cup Finals at least once, you know each of them, but neither one of them ever got to lift the cup. And they're both had their numbers retired by the team. I mean, just your thoughts on Pekarene and everything that he meant to the Nashville Predators, and were you at all surprised by his decision to retire? Or did you think it was kind of time for it to happen?
1: Uh, I don't think I was surprised by it, and I do think it was time for it to happen. And I think a lot of fans knew that going into last season, you know, he had one year left on his contract. UC Saros was kind of getting more starts. And I think a lot of people just kind of figured it was time. Um, But I did, I think there was a little bit of a shred of doubt because Pecorine last season played very well. Um, You know, we, he of course had that storybook last game where he shut out the, the Carolina hurricanes in his last start Ended, a, ended with a uh, big ovation from the crowd and a curtain call and all that. So I think a lot of people were thinking, well, you know, maybe he'll come back as a backup, something like that, just to kind of be there for Soros as he kind of takes over the first season as the number one guy. Um, but I do think it was time. And I, I think he leaves with a tremendous legacy. Uh, I think he leaves us with a lot of good memories. But this, this is – UC Soros is the guy now. And I think Preds fans are going to throw their support behind him as much as they did for Pecorino for parts of three different decades.
0: Just want to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, Baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. And just want to thank you guys once again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Speaking of Saros there, obviously, you know, it, it's another interesting parallel between the Rangers and the uh, Predators because both of them, like we said, you know, they say goodbye to their franchise goalie, and both of them have, you know, one of the more exciting young goalies in the sport. I mean, I don't know how young Soros is. I think he's in, like, his sixth season there. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, they're turning over the reins to a new guy. I know Ranger fans feel really, really good about Igor Shosturkin. The Rangers themselves feel really good. They gave him an extension this offseason. I believe Saros got an extension as well. But, I mean, do the two of you... And you know, Predator fans in general, do they feel like you know this is the franchise goalie? This is the guy that we can build around, and this guy can eventually take us to a Stanley Cup? Is there that kind of confidence in Soros?
2: I think there probably is that kind of confidence in Soros. I think his development behind Pecorino for years. You know, fans have had glimpses of UC for several seasons where he's come in and where he has actually ended up finishing the season. John Hines has liked what he's seen out of UC Soros, and really he. Saros won John Hines over pretty quickly. Predator fans love Pekarene. That's just, you know, that's just a fact in Nashville. But I think they are ready to see UC Saros take the reins. I think he has proven himself over the last season and a half of really earning uh, their confidence. The Predators also have um, a young uh, prospect. Uh, Askarov, who is playing in Russia right now. And now we look at him, and, and he was a recent draftee, and I think a lot of the organization is looking at him as maybe four or five years down the road, you know, really investing in his development and him kind of emerging as sort of a franchise goaltender ideally Um, but right now I think everybody in Nashville especially John Hines is very high on UC Soros and thinks that he could be the goaltender that you know propels the Predators in a positive
0: playoff direction yeah that makes sense and a couple of offseason moves that I want to ask you about as well with the Nashville Predators uh and you touched on the Victor Arvidson trade him going to LA for a second and third round pick and then, of course, uh, some in-house moves. You guys keep Matthias Eckholm on an extension, four years, $25 million, And also Michael Grandland, it looks like four years and $20 million. Um, Are you each happy with those moves? Do those prices sound about right? I mean, just kind of give me a feel for uh, you know, what Predator fans are, are thinking about those two maneuvers, if, if you could.
1: Uh, I think Preds fans love the Eckholm the deal, especially. And Mikhail Grandland coming back. I think Ann and I agree that, um, I'm sorry, Mikael Granlin has probably been the best player on the team this year on both ends of the ice. Yes. Um, Eckholm, yeah. especially, look, you know, I, I get that you're in a rebuild and I get that he has, he is past 30 and has a pricey contract. But at the same time, any team going through a rebuild needs a player like Matthias Eckholm, somebody that you can count on night in, night out, and somebody who's going to mentor some of the younger up and coming stars, not just on the ice, but off the ice as well, be able to kind of show you routine, what to do in the pros. So that is why I think Eckholm is a fantastic piece. And I, I absolutely love that deal that he's coming back to Nashville. Um, Mikhail Granlund, yeah, I think a lot of people were sort of on the fence about that one. Uh, I, I think he didn't live up to the scoring part of his expectations after he came here from Minnesota. But he has been a fantastic Two-way player for the Nashville Predators. Not at all the role that I think people envisioned him coming in, but he's such an important person on this team, and uh, I think you're seeing it this year. That that second line between uh, Luke Kunin and Ilitchovin and, and two young guys, they have. And I said this on my podcast earlier. Whenever they're on the ice, the other team just looks messy. Like they look out of sorts, and that's a testament to how well these three guys play together and how well they're able to exploit some of the other teams.
0: Yeah, I can definitely understand what you're talking about there. I think Mika Zibanejad has kind of a similar effect on opponents that the Rangers play because, you know, he's an excellent two-way forward, just the same way that uh, Granlund is. And it, it's one of those things, you know, it, we, all, we all get so caught up in, you know, points and scoring and goals and assists and power play production and all that good stuff. But you know, the stuff that doesn't always show up on the score sheet is just as important. And, uh, you know, Mika Zabanajad has really established himself as one of the better penalty killers on the Rangers in recent seasons, if not the league. So I, I definitely get where you're coming from there. And, you know, maybe people are a little bit down on Granlund because he's not scoring as much as, as, you know, they expected him to. But obviously still a, a very effective player for you guys.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I'm actually glad you mentioned Zibanejad because a lot of people thought that he was going to wind up in trade rumors. Um, maybe a trade bait for Jack Eichel, something like that. Uh, he wound up re-signing in the Rangers. So I'm kind of curious to see, A, what was the reaction when that deal was announced? And then what it is now that he's had a, such a strong start to the year?
0: Yeah, I was absolutely thrilled when the extension was made because I've said all along on my podcast that I think the better option between re-signing Mika advantage to a long-term deal And giving the Buffalo Sabres, you know, already established players on the NHL roster, along with, you know, two first-round draft picks, along with, you know, two top-notch prospects, whatever crazy asking price that Buffalo had for Jack Eichel, who, mind you, is dealing with, you know, what could be a pretty serious neck injury, my logic all along has been, why give away all these assets and all these players and everything when you have somebody in-house right now who has been on the New York Rangers for several years and has obviously flourished here? and somebody who you can rely on, and why, you know, say goodbye to him to make room for Jack Eichel, all you have to do is give Mika badge had a new contract, you don't have to trade away draft picks and prospects and whatever else Buffalo wants for, for Jack Eichel, and so I was absolutely thrilled by it, I think it pretty much takes the Rangers out of the Jack Eichel sweepstakes, and I'll be honest, you know, Jack Eichel, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't intrigued by the idea, but to me, you know, you had two different paths to go down here, and I think the Rangers picked the right one, uh, keeping Mika Zibanejad in the fold long term. And I also, this is something else that I talked about on my podcast, but I got to give props to Mika because, you know, eight and a half million dollars a year, sure, that's a lot of money. But I think if he really wanted to play hardball with the Rangers, he probably could have gotten more than that. And had he just played out this final season of his contract and hit unrestricted free agency at the end of the year, I think he definitely would have gotten more than that because now you've got 32 teams you can talk to, not just one. Um, so I could not be more happy with it. And hopefully, you know, him taking a little bit of a hometown discount kind of helps the Rangers going forward uh, in terms of resigning Adam Fox long term and doing whatever they might want to do uh, in free agency whenever, you know, free agency rolls around this offseason as well. Just want to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket save time and money when using rock auto rock auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years rock auto prices are reliably low for every customer they have everything you could possibly need brake parts tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com
2: So speaking of Adam Fox, this is somebody I would love to kind of hear. How is his season going? How is the defense coming together? Do you think he's going to be in the North? Conversation again.
0: Oh, absolutely. And it kind of goes back to something we were just talking about a minute ago. You know, people get so excited about, you know, the goals and the assists and the points, and especially when it comes from a defenseman. And, you know, Adam Fox is nearly a point per game player this past season as a defenseman, which is wild. But as great as he is offensively, I'm not convinced that he's not better defensively. I mean, and his game in that area, see, that was when he was first coming into the NHL, kind of the question mark. Like, okay, this guy has some offensive skill. Is he there defensively? And over his first two seasons with the Rangers and now at the beginning of year three, he has answered with a resounding yes. Uh, his, when he's got the puck on his stick, nobody can get it away from him if he doesn't want to give it up. Nobody can knock him off balance. Uh, he just, you know, the way he positions the puck, the way he kind of uses his body to shield it away from, you know, four checkers or whatever it might be, you can't say enough about the job that he does uh, he defends the two-on-one break. If he's the lone defenseman back on a two-on-one break, he defends it as well or better than any defenseman in hockey, I would say. Now, obviously, I don't study every single defenseman in the NHL and what they do on a two-on-one break, but I find it very hard to believe that there are too many that do it better than he does. So uh, just the total package. And yeah, I mean, will he win the uh, the Norris again this season? It's certainly possible. Um, I think he'll certainly, at the very least, be in the mix. And it's also funny you mentioned that, and because of course I'm rooting for my guy. I want to see Adam Fox win the Norris Trophy last season and and be recognized. But then you know you know where I'm going with this. Once he wins it, it's like uh oh, like now that says he's the best defenseman in hockey, and sooner or later he's gonna probably want to be paid like the best defenseman in hockey, and he'd be well within his right to ask for that. So it's a little bit of a double edged sword. But I was ha- happy to see Adam Fox, uh, you know, get the recognition that he deserved this past season.
1: Yeah, they should have done what we did and uh, signed Roman Yossi before he won the Norris. So
0: That's it, that man. Up. Yeah, you know, yeah, sometimes he, you got you to gotta get ahead of this. That's kind of what they did with Igor Shosturkin.
1: I kind of wanted to ask you something. You touched on this a little bit earlier. Uh, last season, of course, the big thing with the Rangers at the end of the year was, of course, the the Tom Wilson situation. As you mentioned, they went out in the offseason, got Ryan Reeves, got Sammy Blay. Uh, Barclay Goodrow coming in, even some uh, guys like Patrick Nemeth on the back line. The the perception around the league was, oh, the Rangers are angry at the Caps and they're loading up on physical guys to, you know, knock the Caps around. And then after that first game, I feel like a lot of fans sort of, you know, were were making the Rangers the butt of the jokes. Uh, But as you mentioned, they've turned things around the past three games, um, you know, uh, back-to-back wins and all that so how is the chemistry and some of the grittier new additions kind of fitting in as this season's gone along
0: yeah I think it's getting there and you know I mean you mentioned Ryan Reeves and obviously you know he's one of the uh, last true blue enforcers in this league uh, there was an incident in a preseason game and this will give you an idea of just what a popular player Reeves has become in that locker room in a very short amount of time but I don't know if you saw this but they were playing the Devils and PK Subban took down Reeves from behind borderline slew foot borderline dirty play I gave, I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt if I don't know for sure so I did that a little bit with PK Subban but he was a marked man the rest of that game I mean people like Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom were trying to check this guy into the boards every every chance that they got Adam Adam Fox drove him into the boards and Chris Kreider tried to fight him at the start of the second period and Subban wouldn't drop his gloves so uh, that gives you an idea that, you know, Ryan Reeves, just using him as an example, uh, just how popular he's become, how respected he already is in that locker room. And, you know, I, I think overall that, you know, the Rangers, I realized they were not a playoff team this past season. I don't think team chemistry has ever really been an issue. And one of the things that I mentioned at the end of that whole, you know, two game Tom Wilson debacle last season is that a silver lining from this whole thing could be that, um, you know, this, this just kind of draws the Rangers a little bit closer together. You know, you go through, uh, basically just an absolute battle with this this bigger, tougher, more physical Capitals team. And, and you're watching each other's backs out there. And, you know, I, I think in the long run, it has the chance to uh, to have that kind of a positive effect on the Rangers, where these guys are just, you know, they, they know that they've got each other's backs. And I, I think that's definitely a positive thing uh, going forward. Um, something else I wanted to, to mention, and, um, you know, and, and you touched on this a little bit as well, but uh, the Victor Arvidsson trade, I mean, was that, a second-round pick and a third-round pick, Was that? were you guys okay with that? I mean, he, he had been with the Preds for a while. So just, just any thoughts on, on that deal?
2: Yeah, that deal definitely uh, touched a nerve here in Nashville. And I think yeah. part of that is, of course, that Victor Arvidsson, fan favorite. But I also think because people felt like if we were going to trade him, we should have done it earlier and gotten a better return. So it kind of uh, felt a little bit like um, – a real good deal but not for the Nashville Predators. So I can see where um, Victor Arvidsson kind of didn't have a concrete role and his skill set maybe didn't fit as well in this John Hines system and this style of play where the Nashville Predators have been heading. And so I think people could sort of see the writing on the wall that maybe there isn't, you know, this is a square peg round hole kind of situation where the team might be better off trading Victor Arvidsson. I think the catch was that people felt like we did not get a good return for that
0: trade. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and, and something else that I wanted to ask you, know, going into this game, obviously we got Rangers Predators here. Is there anybody on the Predators who we haven't maybe talked about yet? Maybe isn't quite a household name, at least to date. Uh, that you think Ranger fans should maybe keep an eye on when, when, these, when these two teams play uh, on Thursday? If you both want to throw out uh, an answer, that, that works for me.
1: Yeah, my guy's on the defensive oh. end of the ice, and it's a young man by the name of Alexander Carrier. Uh, he had been in the minors for about three or four years. Uh, I actually think he made his NHL debut all the way back in the 2017 season. Um, and then had been in Milwaukee ever since then. Uh, He kind of came into the league last year just because of injuries, wound up becoming one of the Preds' most consistent defensemen down the stretch. And I think a lot of us going into the season were, you know, kind of skeptical. uh, Was this just a a good hot run to end the year, or is he going to develop into something more? He has lived up to his billing as a top-four defenseman. He is able to play a lot of big minutes, he is very very good at moving the puck. He's very much the the typical, you know, quarterback the power play type offensive defenseman but this season i think in particular his defensive instincts have really kicked it up a notch he's able to maneuver his way into passing lanes he's able to get in front of shots able to knock people off their game have an active stick so he is becoming a well-rounded defenseman for the predators and uh, i I think he is somebody that you guys on the rangers you're going to see your top line go against him a lot all right
0: And, and anybody you want to throw out there
2: I, this is one of my favorite questions this season so far, um, and the name that I want to throw out there that is not a household name yet, but I really believe it's going to be, is a young man named Tanner Janot. Uh This is an undrafted player who has come in. He was in Milwaukee um, and worked with the Milwaukee coach Carl Taylor, who just is an incredible coach and incredible at developing players, and he has... Brought out in Tanner Gino, this whole NHL player that I don't know that anybody thought was there. He is um, offensive. You know, he comes in, and he, his role initially was very much um, be physical, be out there, be a beast. He plays on a line that we refer to as the herd line, and it's sort of your bruiser line, and um, and and he is happy, I mean delighted, to play that part. But he also has a great offensive threat. This is somebody who is going to be very productive offensively for the team. Uh, young guy, he will be the chippy fella on the ice because that's just how he rolls. But I would encourage Ranger fans to keep an eye out on Tanner Janot because he will give
0: teams fits. All right, fair enough. I'll keep an eye on both those guys as the game uh, progresses on Thursday. I will throw out at least one name for the Rangers. I'll go with uh, Sammy Blay. It's kind of a hard question to answer right now with the Rangers because all the goals that they've scored, and they've really not been scoring a ton of goals thus far this season, but pretty much all of them have come by, you know, the heavy hitters, the star players, uh, you know, Artemi Panarin and Mika Sabanajad. Alexi Lafreniere has one. Um, But, you know, I I think with Sammy Blay, you've got somebody here who, when the trade, the, the Pavel Buchnevich trade was made, I think everybody kind of just saw this as like, all right, well, we're bringing in another big, tough, physical guy. But he seems to have more offensive ability than maybe a lot of us were anticipating when the trade uh, initially went down. And he started the season on the fourth line, but he's since moved up to the third line uh, due in part to some of the injuries that, that the Rangers have had. But I think, you know, Blay, he might be due to make something happen. And even if he doesn't get on the score sheet or anything like that, uh, I think he's going to be a physical presence out there, you know, throwing his weight around. So I'll I'll throw out Sammy Blay for uh, an under-the-radar Ranger to watch.
1: And John, i got to put you on the spot for one last question from us. Yes,
0: sir. Uh, It's
1: an interesting year for the Rangers. Where do you see this team at the end of the year? In the playoffs, fighting for a cup, or, or still in the rebuilding phase?
0: Yeah, you know, this is the uh, third season of Locked On New York Rangers. I started uh, two years ago, just a handful of games into the season. And in each of the past two years, I've kind of, I mean, I tend to be a little optimistic, kind of glass half full on the podcast, and I've been putting their playoff chances at 50-50. This is the first season where I'm going to say that I think the Rangers at the end of the season could and should and and will be a playoff team. I mean, certainly I don't think it's a guarantee or anything like that. But, I mean, when you look at some of the, the tinkering with this roster, you add in some of this toughness and this grit to complement the skill that you already had. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any reason why people should look at this team and think like, oh, that's not a playoff team. I mean, I, I think they should at least be in the mix. It might be a little bit of a photo finish. They might be one of the wild cards, one of the last one or two teams into the playoffs. But I think they make it into the dance at least. I don't know that they're a true fide Stanley Cup contender yet, but I will say this. Uh, We've seen plenty of examples over the season. You both watch hockey. You know what I'm talking about. There are teams that make the playoffs every year that nobody really thinks they're going to do anything, and the next thing you know, they're in the Stanley Cup Finals. And we saw it just as recently as this past season with the Montreal Canadiens. So anything's possible. Mm -hmm. Get into the dance. You never know what can happen. I I don't think they're a true blue Stanley Cup contender yet, but I do think that they're a playoff team. And I'll ask you both the same question as well. I mean, is the expectation and the goal for – Nashville to be contending for a cup this season or at least making a deep playoff run? I mean, what what is a realistic expectation for the Predators?
2: I don't think anybody here in Nashville really expects this to be the year that the Predators make a deep cup run because they're in this sort of rebuilding, retooling, bringing up the youth phase. It's a little bit of murky water because I don't think that general manager David Poyle is willing to commit and say, hey, this is a full-fledged uh, rebuild, and we've kept some of these, vet, you know, some of the veteran presence. And this is a team that they want to be competitive. My prediction is it's going to be awful close. Uh, I hope that they can get into the playoffs. I'm a hockey optimist, um, but I think that there are definitely some lineup kinks to sort of work out that we've dealt with in just these first three games, for you know, kind of line chemistry and who is ready for these NHL minutes. I think it's going to be a close call. I hope that we can make it into the playoffs. And like you said, once you get into the playoffs, you just never know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I think that's kind of how I feel about it too. Uh, Right now it's going to be one of those, are they in, are they out, right at the deadline. Um, This team definitely has the talent to get to the playoffs and to be a playoff team. Uh, I think right now we're just not really sure where the Predators stand with some of their younger players. Um, you know, I would say as we get into November, December, we should have a better idea of what this team's going to look like and maybe the type of damage they can do long term. Not Definitely not a Stanley Cup contender by any means. But like you said, John, sometimes you just have to get in and then see what happens.
0: Yeah, you get hot at the right time. And, uh, you know, if you get a, a goalie who really catches fire, that can take you a long way as well. And, you know, I think both of our teams, you know, if, if there's ever a dark horse in the Eastern Conference playoffs, the Western Conference playoffs, you know, certainly a team with a good goalie could be that. And I think both of our franchises definitely apply there. Uh, you know, strong young goalies and Igor Shesterkin and UC Saros. But I figure we can end with this. Um, any prediction for this game? I mean, a final score? Anybody that's kind of a big night for the Predators? I'll, I'll let you both go first and then I'll, I'll throw out my pick.
2: Um, I'm going to go ahead and be the hockey optimist again, and I'm going to say it's going to be a close game, but I think the Predators are going to be able to pull it out. I'm going to go 3-2. I think we're going to see the scoring come from that top line Forsberg, for Ju- uh Duchesne Johansson, and keep an eye on Tanner Janot.
1: I'm not going to give a score prediction, but I will say I think this is going to wind up being a very low-scoring game, 2-1, one these teams have very good guys on the defensive end, and they have a very good slew of physical forwards who can both defend the puck and make plays happen. So if you're a fan of high-powered offense, uh, this is probably not the game you're
0: going to want to go to. Fair enough. Yeah, I was kind of torn between, you know, Rangers winning 2-1 to or Rangers winning 3-2. to I think we're going to see tremendous goaltending on both sides of the ice. And, you know, I, I think overall that, you know, this is just going to be kind of, you know, to your point, a little bit of a grinded out game. And it's just going to be who kind of outlasts the other. I think it could be a pretty physical game. Uh, But the Rangers, you know, they've they've won a couple of road games recently, which gives me confidence going into this game. They go into Montreal and they win. They go into Toronto and they win. Uh, Not easy places to play. I don't think Nashville is an easy place to play either. It looks like it's always, you know, a pretty festive environment there. But I think the Rangers, I'll say that they pull it out three to two.
1: All right. Well, there's one thing left to do, and that's uh, watch the game and see what happens. John Chick, locked on Rangers. Uh, where can we find your work, man?
0: Yeah, I mean, you can find me. I mean, first of all, you can find the podcast anywhere you get your podcast. And then, as far as you know, follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at jchick17, and uh, then you've got the podcast Twitter at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. And how about for each of you, where where can they find you?
1: You can find me on um, Twitter at underscore nsmorgan. Um, you can also find us every morning on the Locked on Predators podcast. You, like you said, get that anywhere your podcasts are sent out. Um, or follow us uh, the podcast Twitter at, under, at LO underscore Predators. And uh, Ann, where can the good people find you?
2: You can find my work at ontheforcheck.com And you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice.
0: All right, so once again, a big, big thanks to Ann Kimmel and Nick Morgan of Locked on National Predators for teaming up for this special crossover edition here. Definitely looking forward to tonight's game. We'll see if the Rangers can make it three straight road victories despite obviously missing Capo Caco and Ryan Strom for a third consecutive game. It's also looking like the Rangers... Uh, at least if you go by their line combinations at practice, they will indeed stick with that super stacked top line of Mika Zibanejad centering Artemi Panarin on the left wing and Chris Kreider on the right wing. I'm more open to this than I've been in the in the past given their relative lack of scoring over these first four games here. But I will say there is quite the trickle-down effect when you look at the rest of this depth chart. There are basically two fourth lines playing for the Rangers in this game tonight. But uh, we'll see how it works. Hopefully those guys can kind of shoulder the load and who knows, maybe the Rangers even get a little bit of secondary score as well. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, Friday's episode, we will be breaking down everything that happens between the Rangers and Predators tonight. Now, make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available on all platforms.